Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. It is uh, Monday, the 11th of April, 2022. And joining us tonight is Matt Wyrick from NBC Sports Washington. Uh, little news, little piece of news. The Lerner family might be selling the Nationals, or they might be looking for people to come in and become minority stakeholders in the organization. It's a story that Matt's been all over today. Uh, and we're about an hour away from the Nationals playing baseball, a little bit less and we're going to talk about you know this kind of big story. It's kind of going to be I'm sure going on for a while now, and going to kind of hang over the Nationals as we move forward. So a whole lot of angles. Matt and I will break it down right after this. You are locked on Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Josh Neighbors here, host of the Locked On Nationals podcast. Matt Wyrick, the host, not the host. He is a contributor to NBC Sports Washington. Uh, Matt's going to be joining us, though. We just talked about this weekly for an appearance here, and uh, we always have so much fun whenever Matt's on, good conversation. Um, also, Matt, your job this week, you're going to give me a little bit of a break. People can stop hearing my uh, riddled voice. I have the I have the allergies like nobody's business. It's that time of the year on the East coast. So appreciate you um, stepping in as the stronger voice in the podcast and also pre- appreciate you, uh, you know, coming on uh, hopefully weekly now. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, Josh. It's always a great time being on here. Love talking ball with you. Uh, and we're, we're just getting started here. Seasons, you know, four games in out of 162, they weren't the, the prettiest of games, but uh, we'll be here covering them all. So it'll be a ride for sure. Uh, so story comes out today from the Washington post. And you have your own version of, you know, the version of the story. Um, but you had to aggregate a little bit. So Barry Saluga, right? Get that right? Saluga? You're getting it right. Yep. Of the Washington Saluga. Post uh, had a story about the Lerner family. They are now interested in selling the team slash um, minor, finding people to become minority owners or other parties. Uh, whether that's one party or multiple parties, I'm going to start there. That part's not clear, right? It would, you know, it's not clear if it's going to be one party getting 49% or multiple parties, 20, 15, 10, right? Yeah. Going off of Barry's reporting, it definitely seems like all options are on the table for the Nationals right now. Uh, you know, they have hired a, a New York uh, firm. Uh, let me get the name of it. It was uh, Allen and Company, a New York investment right. bank, uh, to look into uh, potential suitors, uh, both from just selling the team point blank and from coming on as minority owners. So uh, as of right now, they have not determined what the next steps are going to be. This is more of the exploratory phase. So uh, definitely going to have to stay tuned as things progress. So this is, this is to me is interesting. I just, this is just me reading the tea leaves, give my own thoughts on this. So Mark Lerner takes over the operations at 18, right? You have a whirlwind of things happening, including you know, 18, you lose Bryce Harper, right? 19, you win a championship. 20, you have COVID. And also, you know, you have the 21, the trading away of so many championship pieces. And now we're here in 22, where it's rebuild slash, what are you going to do with Juan Soto? So I could see somebody who has had that variety of all those things who's in a position of power and Mark Lerner saying, you know what? 
I have somebody who's run run this, you know, company or you know this this franchise have kind of gotten the experience of everything. I'm not sure I want to go through the rebuild here and do all of these things. Now that could just be completely wrong. But to me, the timing is really interesting. But if you take a snapshot of the Nationals, you know, their their timeline basically the last four seasons, it's so so much has happened to them. It's it's hard not to think that, that doesn't play a role in this. Yeah, I should note that it in the Washington Post article, it doesn't specifically say why the learners are exploring right, exactly. uh, this particular out, you know, this out at this time. Uh, but from a you know purely speculation, you know, with COVID uh, having the impact that it did, you know, the, the Nationals have not been a very spend happy team. In fact, they're spending right now, especially this season, but also last year, the trades that they made uh, did help them. Uh, decrease their payroll significantly, you know, it's kind of showing that they're a little bit cash strapped right now. The Nationals haven't signed a multi-year contract since Patrick Corbin. Let that sink in. Uh, You know, he's in year three of this contract, Uh, or I should say year four, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, this is year four of his contract. And we literally haven't seen the Nationals sign a multi-year deal since. Uh, And, you know, when Mark Lerner took over in 2018, that was also the last time that the Nationals exceeded the luxury tax. So they've just been more of a spend conscious team generally under his leadership, which is common uh, when the older reign kind of hand things down to the younger. Uh, You know, the older owners tend to be ones who say, you know, I'm old enough. Let's spend more money and win a championship, you know, whereas you know Mark Lerner kind of looking more toward the long haul, uh, you know, trying to get the team under the luxury tax and on a more sustainable uh, spending bracket. Uh, so, you know, I don't I don't really know what the reason is, but it certainly seems like uh, they don't have as much money as they used to. Uh, in Barry's article, he did point out that the, the learner's net worth has dropped by over a billion since the start of the pandemic. That's a lot of money lost. I mean, Ted Lerner, when he took over as, as owner of the Nationals, was one of like the three richest owners in baseball uh, right. at that time. And he has certainly slipped down those rankings to this point, not even just with the addition of Steve Cohen at the top. Uh, you know, all that money lost from, you know, commercial real estate is where all the, the learner's money comes and you know that's like bit building office buildings right like office space who's going into the office these days right, you know right. like there's a lot fewer people than there used to be uh and that's not good news for for learner enterprises so uh, i would imagine that they're working with significantly lower revenue streams uh than they were a couple of years ago and having not got any extra revenue from the championship because of the pandemic you know that's really have got to hurt, hurt them so uh, whether or not they bring in to take over the team fully or to come on as a minority owner remains to be seen. Uh, my gut tells me that they are going to try to retain some kind of stick in the team. Uh, but, you know, it, it's all kind of up in the air at this point. So we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah, I think you'd want to do that, right? Because it, it's such, it is such a, I mean, baseball teams, we've seen this, you know, despite what they'll tell you about the pandemic, you're still going to, you're still going to make money off of it. Right. And so getting a chunk of that, getting a piece of that is something as from a portfolio standpoint for that family makes a lot of sense. Um, but you're spot on. And I know people might say, well, real estate's done really well. Commercial real estate, like you mentioned is the one area where I can't speak to the market, but you think like there are companies now, you know, that are, that are hesitant on how much, uh, you know, they want people in the office. I work for Sirius XM and I have not been back in the office uh, you know, since 2019. And, you know, why would, you know, a massive company like that, if you think about expansion, definitely put it on hold companies, you know, give an example of the college side, the PAC 12 is, you know, they've spent a ton of money on their, um, their office space in San Francisco. They're saying, no, we're going to have a lot of people work from home. We're going to cut costs. I can promise you those are the only, there's not the only companies that are doing it. So that's a great point. It does make a lot of sense. 
you factor that in with the uncertainty of the future. Yeah, it's it's a difficult time to be, you know, involved with the Nationals, but I think every fan's mind at first is going to go to Juan Soto, right? This this is the big key now. How do you renegotiate with a player when he's not sure if you're the one signing the checks or he's not sure how much money you want to put into the team, not just for his contract, but for the other contracts around. You made a great point saying the Nationals have no multi-year contracts on the books. One that we've been talking about saying, this would be a no-brainer. Just lock up Josh Bell. Just do it. They don't even want to do that. So I think Juan Soto is the first place people's minds go to because it's like, all right, this is another level of uncertainty. And I would I have to say, this point in time, this is a minus in the do I want to resign with the Nationals category at least for the time being, at this moment in time, I think it's a negative notch. He's under contract at the end of next year. You know, so they obviously have time to find somebody else, influx of cash, encouragement to spend more, all of those things. But in the immediate, this clouds something that Mike Rizzo said was his number one priority. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you're a player thinking about signing a deal of 10 to 15 years, you want to know that there's going to be stability during those 10 to 15 years. You're going to want just as much stability in year one as you're going to want in year 15. And uh, if you don't know if the same owner that you're signing a deal with is going to be there by year three, I mean, it definitely puts some murkiness on it. And like you said, it's it's definitely a negative uh, on, on Soto's side in terms of willingness to sign. I mean, Scott Boris even came out and said last offseason – uh, that Soto's number one priority is winning. And he is only going to sign with the club that he feels confident uh, is going to be able to annually put out a winning product. And, you know, so far the Nationals, you know, haven't really been showing him that they could do that. You know, he came into the league in 2018, didn't make the playoffs that year, came in in 2019, they made it as a wild card team. And then the two years since, they've been at the bottom of the National League East. So, you know, Soto, you know, for all the years that the Nationals were, you know, perennial contenders, he's only seen one of those seasons. And so for him, you know, it's a it's a very different scenario uh, right. than trying to convince a guy like Steven Strasburg to resign, who you know was in the playoffs every other year. Uh, you know, it's just been a, a very different situation for him. We've only seen Soto in the playoffs for one season, and it was a remarkable run. Uh, and so we've at least gotten to see him, you know, at the the top of the game. But uh, you know, he's got to see it again, and th- that's the whole goal: is the Nationals to probably build a contender uh, before he leaves again. Uh, and this this kind of draws a murky picture of that. So, you know, if, if I'm Soto now, this is giving me a little bit of pause. Uh, you know, certainly at the end of the day, if the money's right, uh, you know, he could, and he likes the pieces that are around him, he could decide to sign. But, uh, you know, I, I can't feel super excited about what this does uh, for his chances of sticking around DC long-term. Quick word from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. I'm sure they're going to have odds out pretty soon if, if you know, on uh, if, if Juan Soto will stay with the Nationals. You probably bet on that at BetOnline and BetOnline.net, Major League Baseball, Basketball, Playoffs, NHL Playoffs, F1, NASCAR, Golf, all those things are available at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for all sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today on any device that you've got as long as you're over 21 years old. You guys can sign up. It's free to do at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. BetOnline. It's where the game starts. So to that end, I want you to take your reporter hat off, all right, and put on your, you know, 
There it is. It's, it's off. It's back on. Uh, it's so just think think about that from this perspective. There's two ways you can go here, right? Number one is the simple way I think to think about this. Of all right, if we don't know who the new ownership is or what ownership looks like, it's safe to say that a deal will not get signed of this magnitude until a, a new ownership is found, right? You could re-sign a Josh Bell under old ownership. That makes sense. You cannot sign a guy who might make half of a billion dollars, which is one fourth of the entire, you know, of, of the entire evaluation of the franchise, according to Forbes. Um, you know, you could not sign a deal like that without new ownership. Or you might go the other way, Matt, and you could say, well, if you want a better valuation of the asset or raise the price, you do, you know, sign that contract. So personally, what do you think is the better strategy? If you're just, and look, we don't have this kind of money at our, at our disposal. We don't understand what it's like to have this money at our disposal. I promise you, you know, few media people do, and I can't think of any. Um, but like, what, what do you think is out of those two options makes more sense to you? We're not going to see it or sign it to raise the value. Yeah, I mean, I guess it comes down to, you know, what's what's more enticing to you as a prospective buyer? Is it the mm -hmm. Nationals with 15 years of Juan Soto involved or is it the Nationals with three years of Juan Soto involved? And, you know, obviously Soto's going to come at a massive price, but, you know, $400 million over 15 years is one of the best hitters in baseball with an enigmatic personality. Uh, worth that? Probably. He puts butts in seats. You know, he yeah, gives he fans a reason to come to the ballpark. Uh, you know, we, I was looking at the uh, the Cherry Blossom Unis this weekend uh, with my girlfriend, and we were going over what player would be the best to buy. And the, they only made a few player, select players available. It was like Soto, Ryan Zimmerman, Steven Strasburg, Josiah Gray. I mean, that was it. And right. it was like, of those options, what case can you You're really make Soto. for anyone not yeah. named Soto? You know, like, it's, it's just the guy on this team. And you know, certainly if you had other stars around that might, you know, make it easier to swallow, you know, him leaving at some point. But, you know, the Bryce Harpers are gone. The Trey Turners, the Max Scherzers, there's not a whole lot that's going to be put in the butts and seats this year. Uh, and, you know, obviously, K. Bet Ruiz, Josiah Gray, Cade Cavalli, all these young guys that they have coming up, you know, those guys could turn into something. But if you're selling the team right now, you know, they're not really going to put much, you know, into a prospective buyer's valuation. You know, they're just going to look at the farm system as a whole and say, hey, this is a bottom 10 farm system in baseball. Is that really something that I'm supposed to get super excited about? No, probably not. It's not going to you know, raise the price for me at all. So, you know, maybe it does. It is like in the learner's best interest, whether or not they stick around or not uh, to sign Soto to a long term extension, because he'll be worth that money. He'll be worth every cent, uh, obviously, you know, withstanding injury, things like that. But, you know, right. if he plays out the entirety of that deal, there's no reason to believe that he wouldn't be worth it. Uh, and then some. So. You know, for me, I, I would say, you know, sign him either way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's the thing is it's going to be so painful if he walks for Nats fans. You know, I know they want a title out to Bryce, but if you, you know, like I know saying take the title out of it, but having two generational talents on the team and letting them both walk, to me is just, it's malpractice. And I understand the, uh, you know, the money side of, you know, you know, not an owner, you don't understand what it's like, but like, it, what's the point of the exercise, right? The point of this exercise is to have great players. In the 2019 Bryce Harper case, he walks 
But it's not like the Nationals aren't committing to big long-term deals with quality players and have built a really good roster. They knew he walked and they had a guy, they didn't know what Soto was at the time, but I mean, who became a star. It's not like they weren't paying other guys and had a team that could win. You know, Bryce even mentioned when he left, I could see them winning. This is this is different now. You, you can't let him walk into these circumstances, even though there is some transition. Because like, what is this? You know, what is this asset worth? Like, like, what is this asset worth if there's no clear star and face? No matter who else is on the team, like you mentioned, Matt, asses and seats. What it's all about, and jerseys on backs. I mean, I, you went to the game yesterday. You know. You'll see some worths. You'll see, you know, you'll see some older guy. Maybe probably still Scherzer jersey or two. But like, was it not? It was was it not close? Was it was it you know Soto mostly? It's all Soto. It's I mean yeah. yeah. You, you'll get the nostalgic Zimmerman jerseys, the Scherzers. The right. I even saw uh, a few Michael Morse jerseys uh, out there. <laughs> but you know that's <laughs> those are not the guys that you know right. are on the team that you're getting excited about these days. You know it, it's it's Juan Soto and then his supporting cast and. You know, if you were to keep Josh Bell around, you know, it's so one long-term deal or Cavalli comes up and he starts to impress. Like, yes, those are, are obviously going to be great uh, additions long-term, but it, it all comes down to Soto. And, you know, the Nationals' prospects of, of contending in the near future and the long-term future hinge on their ability to sign him long-term. Because, I mean, and, if you don't – if you feel like he's out of your price range, are you trading Soto? I mean – right. We're three years out from free agency, right? And the best time to trade a player, uh, it's in order well, to capitalize well, he comes, on their he comes, peak he comes value. available end of what year? It's twenty twenty four. So he, okay, so it's two more seasons. I always forget which year it is. So he's yeah, two seasons they got after him. this one. Yeah, yeah. So they they've got him still for for uh, you know a good amount of time. Um, but as you we know, saw with Trey, you know, right. the, the time to trade him is two years out, and that's what they did with with him. And that's when the guy, you know, if you want to get maximize your prospect return. You know, the difference between trading a two-year player out from a three-year player out is not as different. It's not as big as it is two play two years to one year. Because when you trade a guy one year out, the, the market in the last five years has shown that you are not going to get that that mega prospect that you need to kind of kickstart a rebuild. And that's exactly what the Nationals without Soto would have to do. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't want to say I ever feel bad for people in this position, but like Mike Rizzo, I kind of feel bad for because. You can mention the Josh Bell thing. Like you can generally operate on those contracts. Sure, you need ownership approval, but like that that's usually within your means, right? It's normally something that's kind of within your means. I'm not even sure if it is anymore, but uh, with no multi-year contracts. But, you know, this guy goes and says on television, like priority number one is Mike Riz, is, uh, is Juan Soto. And now we don't know where the money's going to come to make that happen. So when he is the guy who's do, going doing the negotiating, he he really can't make many promises right now unless the learners step up and say, "All right, you know, we'll make the commitment to raise the value of the asset." I want to talk more about um, Rizzo and Martinez. First, one more quick word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's show is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Your car is breaking down or just needs anything like carpet, uh, tail lamps, anything like that. You guys can find it at RockAuto.com. It's the best place to go. Uh, you guys can choose any part really that you need without the long waits. Just find it at rockauto.com and don't spend 30, 50, even a hundred percent more from a chain store or a car dealership. Go to rockauto.com today, right? Locked on there. How'd you hear, hear, hear about us box? That way they know we sent you amazing selection, always low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. So Matt, the next part of this is what does this mean for the future of 
Dave Martinez and Mike Rizzo. Because there is always this idea in sports that when a GM changes, coaches protection leaves, right? When an athletic director leaves, coaches protection leaves. When an ownership leaves, sometimes that you know the new ownership wants their way. Uh, Steve Cohen's a great example, right? With the way he came in the Mets. So your port your protection, if it's a minority stake, right? Or excuse me, majority stake, majority stake, that goes away. So you know, then the Nationals being in a rebuilding state right here, like like this, this is a really interesting situation. I know Rizzo and Martinez are further down the line, but there is some some overhauling, I think, inevitably with any ownership switch, uh, at the majority standpoint. Did, did you did you think about that at all today? Did your mind go there at all? Um, you know, do you think about the fact that hey, there could be a different face potentially, uh, you know, going back and forth with Scott Boris and Juan Soto? Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't my immediate reaction. I feel like if if this sale were to go through, it's going to take some time. I would expect, you know, months at least, you know, into the next offseason, whatever it is. Uh, so, and, and I imagine that, you know, Martinez and Rizzo are, you know, have their jobs pretty secure through this season considering the expectations. Uh, you know, they're not being evaluated on necessarily the wins and losses this year. Um, so, you know, maybe their leash uh, shrinks if a new owner were to come in. Uh, you know, that's, it would be an owner that didn't go through the 2019 World Series. So, you know, they don't have the nostalgia uh, holding them, you know, to these guys like like it would with the learners. Uh, so certainly it couldn't be a good thing. But, you know, Rizzo has been here long enough uh, that I think that he earns, you know, some of that respect uh, in that, you know, he can kind of weather uh, multiple uh, eras of this team. Um, Martinez, maybe not so much, you know, he's only had one winning season as a manager thus far. And, you know, for varying degrees of different reasons, uh, some his fault, some not his, uh, you know, that's not necessarily being held against him, but he's also the longest tenured manager in nationalist history by games managed. So, uh, you know, he's got a, a degree of respect that way as well. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a guessing game, but, uh, I do think that the leashes would probably, uh, not be as long, uh, with the new owners coming in. Yeah, I I am that that's one thing that's going to be super interesting because there's so many different angles with this. And then if there's my minority ownership, you know, how much input do those minority owners have? How um how you know kind of for, you know how much at the forefront are they? You know how how public are they? Um you know is it for influx of cash reasons? I just think there's a lot of there's so many different ways this could go, but it all kind of roads do lead to Juan Soto. Um, I would say also this year too, you know, in terms of odds, like Dave Martinez is top 10 in terms of odds, the first manager to be fired. So they're not putting him in a place to succeed, to be honest. It's, it's, I mean, I'm not sure what the hell he's supposed to do with this roster to be honest. Like we, I mean, one guy made it through five innings this weekend, one uh, on the pitching yeah. side of things. So like, you know, any, any evaluation here would be, uh, I think unfair to say the least, but you know, there is something to be said. Hey, look, if you own the team and want to say a 20, like you said, like, I don't have any memories of 19, 2019 is 2019. Thank you, Davey, for what you gave to us. I'll see. You. I'm going to make some changes because it's a brand new team, different things. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't blame the ownership, uh, new ownership in this case for that. So, um, you know, what do you think timetable? I mean, it's going to be a pretty lengthy process, uh, you know, and I think it'll be, there's going to be a long period of time where, you know, we don't really think about it. And then we'll hear 
some, you know, somebody's interested in buying it. Dan Snyder, dear God, if that happened, it'd be awful. Um, you know, is interested in buying the Nationals after he gets pushed out of owning the Commanders, right? Do you kind of see this being a, a, an ebbs and flows news cycle in a way? Yeah, you know, and I think that the the learners would take their time with something like this. I mean, who knows? Maybe that the team surprises some people and puts together a solid winning year and generates some excitement in the second half and they exceed revenue expectations. You never know, right? Like you, you there's no reason to rush a decision like that when so much money is on the line. I mean, we're right. talking a 2 2 billion dollar sale. Uh so, you know, that's at least what Forbes uh, estimates as the team's valuation. So, uh, it's it's not something that I would expect to get done before the end of the season. Like I said, you know, when I think about other teams that were sold, uh, you know, the Wilpons selling the Mets, I believe that was a two-year process. Uh, the Marlins uh, being sold as well uh, did not go quickly. So, you know, I, I would not expect, you know, any immediate results here. And like you said, we're probably going to go a while without hearing anything. And then one day, you know, some news story is going to drop and we're all going to just be like, whoa, I forgot that was even happening. So, um uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, it's probably we'll get some more clarity on it, um, you know, as we get toward the off season. But we don't we don't really as the media hear from the learners very much uh, in terms of like direct direct interviews or anything like that. So, um, you know, I would not I would expect to go long distances in between updates. All right, Matt, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm on Twitter at by Matt Wyrick and over at NBCSportsWashington.com where you can check out all of my stuff from opening weekend. Uh, last weekend was my first time in the clubhouse uh, and everybody, every reporter's first time in the clubhouse uh, since 2019. So it was pretty awesome to be back to catch up with a lot of these guys who I hadn't seen. Uh, I hadn't shaken Davey Martinez's hand mm. uh, in three years. So that was good uh, just to kind of reconnect there. Um, and you know, it's, it's an exciting time. Uh, it's maybe not necessarily for the nationals, but baseball is back. Uh, and you know, getting to, to know these guys, figure out how they click again, you know, we're in store, I think for some cool stories, uh, coming through this year. And I'm excited to, to be part of the coverage. Yep. Already one story. It's pretty cool. Lucius Fox. I mean, that's, you know, it's, and also like with, with the kind of guys that that's be calling up, there's going to, there's going to be a lot of those. He drove overnight in his, you know, Pontiac Aztec. 108 hour uber drive right yeah. exactly so so we're you're in for some good stuff i think we all are too matt it's always a pleasure man we'll see you next week awesome thanks josh